Hello, everybody, and welcome back to A We Touch of Madness, the podcast hosted by Madness Records. Now, today I've got a very special guest with me. I have Mr. Keith Barnes, a session drummer, would you believe? And he's also one of the directors of Madness Records. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, good. Pleasure to be part of the podcast. And, uh, well, see what questions I get asked and how I answer them. Well, I'm <laughs> glad to have you on board with me tonight, uh, you know, to embrace me and my little project here. <laughs> embrace me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Keith, for, uh, for the people out there who'll be watching this, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the sort of music that you do? Right, uh, where to start? So... Session drummer. The beginning, preferably. Right. So, uh, my mum and dad, they met. Not that, not that far back. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, so, basically, session drummer, um, been in and out a few bands, session for a few musicians, recorded for a few musicians, bought the T-shirt, owned the T-shirt. No, um, basically, drummer, been doing it for quite a long time now, uh, doing a lot of session work recently, worked uh, with quite a few bands, recording, gigging sort of thing as you know part of a madness records was a talent scout and then was lucky enough for you guys to turn around and go why don't you get on board and be one of the directors so i'm still doing and we've been regretting that decision ever since (laughs) (laughs) you wait to see what i posted online you're gonna get unindated with people oh great (laughs) no no it's no uh, yeah it's good to be uh you know not just a drummer but also part of a label a small independent label to try and basically help people out at the start of careers and also give them that realistic expectation that we are a small independent label we're not going to get you rich and famous it don't work like that however we're here to basically help get your name out there and just basically help you and it's also like in the way that you know if these if you're willing to put the work in we're willing to help you out as much as we can as well. And that's kind of what we're here for as well, isn't it? And that's the best thing. And I will say in music, music is like life. What you put into it, you will get back out. So the more you put into it, the more you'll get out of it. And it's also about how proactive you are. If you're lazy, ain't going to happen. If If you're very, very proactive and you're happy to go out and bust your ass out, you know, you, you'll see the rewards at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's exactly right. So, but uh, with move, with that and moving on, can you tell us and the people at home about what <clears throat> your influences were to how you got started into music yourself? Very, very, <clears throat> well, how do I start? Strange question, influences and that. So, wow, uh, you know, grew up in Germany, military background sort of thing. So, my Does that mean you have a dual passport? I've got dual nationality, yes. How did you feel about the England-German game then? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I kind of grew up on like 50s, 60s, 70s music, like the Shiftons, uh, Dion and the Belmonts, Bobby V, Bobby Darren, Buddy Holly and all that sort of stuff. So my music was a bit, you know, it was very, very old school. I wasn't even to rock until I came over to the UK. <clears throat> and then I went to secondary school, uh, you know, met a few people that in kind maiden, and then I branched off into the grunge scene. Um, you know, met, as I call like, his lifelong friends, and um, we were heavy into grunge, and then we just spoke about 
being in a band and I was like yeah why not I'll play drums didn't know shit about drums and I just thought drums are cool Drum. Drums are cool. Typical, <laughs> typical, a typical kind of response there. Nah, drums are cool. You know, don't, you don't even have to be good. Just hit it, and there you go. You're a drummer. Exactly. So you know, I didn't really have as a drummer any musical influence. I mean, influences when I was when I was like getting older and older. It wasn't until I started drumming and getting better. Uh, that's when I started you know, listening to different types of music and being influenced more. So, you know, my drumming, you know, as, I, as I've got older, it, you know, you'll see the styles, so, you know, I'm doing everything from like hip hop, rap, I'm doing folk, rockabilly, metal, punk sort of thing. So my influences are coming from, you know, different areas and what my family listen to, you know, to what my peers, my colleagues and, you know, what my friends listen to. And it was just like a massive, you know, mash of all these different types of like music. Uh, I'm guessing with all those different, like that wide cast, various net of different influences that you had and that you grew up with and that you do, you know, you you mentioned hip hop and mentioned metal and God knows how many others. How how does that help you if uh, your role as a as a session drummer? And do you find you are more versatile with what you do as a session drummer? I stick by a rule. I always play what I enjoy. So it's not just about you know the genres and all that sort of stuff and how I'm influenced. It's also if I like the music and like the people I'm playing with because you've got to have that you know connection and camaraderie in music. And, you know, going off the topic a little bit, being a talent scout and co-director with, like, you know, Madness Records, it helps me find new musicians because I'm listening to their music, seeing how they're influenced, and basically seeing if they're the same as everyone else. It's about standing out, being different. It's about drawing things from different inspirations and making them your own, basically. I'm moving on to your role as the talent scout. Do you, I mean, I'm assuming you find that, little bit quite fulfilling because i know from the countless messages in the group chat that how excited you get just because you're oh by the way guys i've got another great idea i'm gonna do this okay Keith. (laughs) yeah cool you can have your funny five minutes just let us know when you're done and you calm down have you have your biscuit in your juice cup sit down mate (laughs) i feel like a little in the calm me down (laughs) i don't even think that would do the job anymore to be honest mate So um, with your role as a talent scout, how do you find that then? You know, I kind of, I kind of enjoy it because it's something I never thought about. And, you know, I, I've gone to various gigs, you know, watched local bands, open mic nights sort of thing. And I've watched musicians over the years. And I'm like, fucking hell, you know, these people are good. Why aren't they doing any more and blah, blah, blah sort of thing. So I think, you know, be, when I, you know, being signed to yourselves and then doing other things, it, you know, I was listening to other bands. I was like, shit, you know, we're a multi-genre label. These guys would actually, you know, suit what we are and what we're about sort of thing. And, you know, I'm loving it. You know, I'm still looking for new talent and... Uh, Much to uh, my dismay. Yeah, yeah. The good thing is I've taken a lot of work off, you know, because I'm telling people to message me direct. And I feel Thank quite you. horrible because the people that are messaging me, it's the same thing over and over again. So... Yeah, it's got its good points and bad points. It's got its good points. Now, you because... see, we're, I'm just just, just cutting right there. Go see on. now, 
this is the thing for everybody out there, right? When you do message labels and you do message anyone in the music industry that you want to listen to your sound, be creative, be imaginative. Try and think of something different with how you approach your message because, as Keith just mentioned there, we do get the exact the same message over and over and over again, and it's just to the point where we've got nope, 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 nope. Yeah, if you're and, not creative, if you don't show yeah, yeah. you're creative in your message, how can you show you're creative in your music? And also, a hello would be nice. That's always the a nice. The, the amount of times it's it's always been a case of listen to this, listen to that. It's like, well, that's you telling me listen to it is not a good introduction. I had one earlier where I put a post up, and this woman was like, if I'm good enough, which I am, you'll hear me soon enough. I was like, you're stuck up your own ass, so ain't gonna happen, love. Yeah, we've we've already got one person with their big head, and his name is Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just shop and I'll just shop and drink my brandy. Uh huh. So, what is the message you want to put out there for aspiring musicians, aspiring artists, just anyone trying to get a foot into the music industry? I'm going to name drop now because, oh, of course, you are. Being you a drummer, five minutes without name dropping. Exactly. Being a drummer, I actually messaged the drummer from Machine Head, Chris Contos, about, you know, what message would he give to any drummer out there, regardless of their talent and how good they are. And what he said stuck in my head. And it basically said was, take risks, be different. And, you know, that's stuck in red and listening to artists i see a lot of artists that are the same it's repetitive they sing about the same things they're glorifying the same things it's like oh look at me blah blah no Be but i different. have i actually have a question with that one though myself um, but you said that with obviously uh with a lot of when artists do a lot of music it sounds repetitive and it sounds the same they're glorifying the same things but then isn't that kind of a double-edged sword because a lot of stuff that has been done before is obviously going to get repeated but for a lot of artists it is very difficult to find something different that hasn't been done or it, overdone it's how you do it so you you think if you look at dmx with rough riders on the or old Trash with ladyboy love yeah 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 you know if you look at those artists it's like you can do exactly what they've done but it's how you're going to do it better and how you're going to do it, you know, how, how different you're going to do it. You know, like I say, artists should stand out, you know. If you're into someone and you're following their music, it's about what you're going to do different. How are you going to do it differently? You know, if you're a rap artist, we don't want to see how much fucking money you've got in your hand and guns and this and that. Oh, my God. Been there, done that, seen it. Be the next man. Do something a lot different. If you're on a metal band, you know, it, it, it's about bringing something new to the table. There are no boundaries in music. Push the boundaries. Be different. And that's what I believe, you know, when I'm looking for artists. I want something to stand out. You know, if, if it's like a pop artist, if it's catchy and it's got me within those 30 seconds, well, you know, you're, 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 you're on your way as long as you're not following the trend and doing this. Be different, you know markets change people change sort of thing and the audience change and you know if you're going to change with it you've got two choices in life go with the flow be different 
and don't care what other people think. If you don't care what other people think and you're doing something different, you know, you'll get attention for the right reasons. There we go. There's the message. Be different. I'm not sure how many times he said be different. I kind of lost count after 20. Uh, if someone in the comments could let me know exactly how many times he said be different. You'll win I'd a be, prize. I'd be very grateful. <laughs> be, be different with your comments. Oh, what, what, what prize? It's, it's like, um, you know, Jerry Springer. Every time there's a fight, you have a shot. Or Blues Brothers. Every time they say we're here from a mission from God, have a shot. Be different. Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah, be different. That could be the maddest slogan. Oh, what was shit. on a label? Be different. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so, obviously, I'm going to be going back to your work as a session drummer now. Um, you have opened up uh, a few shows for a good few artists. And I know how much you love to name, name drop. drop. Can you <laughs> can you tell us like some of the people that you've actually opened up shows for, or you've been the, doing the drumming for for their shows? Right, so, <clears throat> very blessed, very honoured uh, to work with uh, a rapper called Blacklisted MC, uh, who's given me the opportunity to be his live session drummer, and. Um, Working with him as a session drummer slash live drummer, I've had the opportunity to open up for the likes of Mad Child, some of you may or may know, massive Canadian rapper, Coolio, multi-platinum artist, Mr. Gangster's Paradise. You know, that, that, was, an, that was an amazing experience. You know, one of my influences many, many years ago, you know, to open up for him was a bit surreal it was you know very very surreal um head planet earth uh hemlock still very very good friends with uh hopefully want to share the same you know stages when they come back to the uk so that'll be you know a blessing okay now uh yeah quite a few uh oh my god who else do i mention what a funk uh yeah the singer was past member of Crazy Town that did that song Butterfly uh, you know being on tracks recorded with Blacklist MC back in the day when I was in a band called Free Lurch and we had Coolio Bizarre from Eminem's multi-platinum selling group D12 and John Edney from Opium who did uh, Heaven's a Half Pipe so yeah I've, you know oh, that was a about... good song I remember that song from my childhood oh wow it, is, it, 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 it was a tune. I can't. I've still got the CD indoors. When we, when... I think I've still got the CD somewhere yeah, in my collection. Yeah, yeah. I so, haven't got rid of any of my old CDs from my childhood. Dude, that was kind of surreal. And I've still got the track with all three of them on it. And that's oh my god, that's got like eight nine years old. That track. It was never released. We just did it. And this was when I was in a band called Free Lurch with like Blacklisted MC, who I'm the live drummer for now, sort of thing. So that that was like. That was kind of cool. So I've still got the original CD. So it's like, wow. I've actually drummed and had these artists on a track I drummed for. It's like, yeah. That is absolutely incredible. Uh, the amount of the amount that you've done. That... There's, there, there's, 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 there's a few more, but it's like, name, name, name. 
I'm just blessed to have worked with quite a few artists. And, I, uh... I just thought that question would have been a good one for you because one, I know how much you love the sound of your own voice. And two, I know how much you love to say be different. And three, I know how much you love to name drop. <laughs> be different. Name there drop. we go. There <laughs> we go. Right. So also following on, uh, obviously, with your role as a session drummer, could you describe the color red to someone who's blind? I'm partially colorblind, so. Um... Oh. <laughs> okay. How about this? It depends what type of person they are. If you ever stab someone, you'll know. If you've ever fallen down the stairs and cut yourself, you'll know. Well, I don't know about you, but my blood is blue because you know I'm royalty. Not really. <laughs> You've met me. You know what I'm like. <laughs> yeah, you're the poor fucker that's having to interview, interview me for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fine. That was a bad question for you. Okay. But you, you, you can have another one later. So that's fine. Yeah, I'll have another one later then. Okay. Uh, it's my understanding that you do a lot of work with uh, Barbalux. That's correct, indeed. How how is that? You know, that's it's re it's really fucking good because uh, he's put me through my paces a hell of a lot. Uh, when I say put me through my paces, he's he's actually made me the musician I am. He's changed my train of thought, the way I drum, the way I do things, anticipate things. <clears throat> you know, I've I've gone from sitting behind a drum kit now to playing a cajon something years ago i never thought i'd do and working with barbara like we do different types of music so we're doing punk we're doing rock we're doing folk sort of stuff so it's it's very versatile open so at the moment you know i'm solely doing a lot of the the, the folk stuff which is it's been a massive eye-opener for me because when i first started practicing with barbara it was on the drum kit and then I thought, well, you know, it, it doesn't complement the music. It's not what it should be. And plus his previous drummer who I've now, you know, taken over from big shoes to fill, he's the Cajon. And I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to do what I need to do, I've got to be better than the next man and bring mm. the next thing to the table. But no, it, it's, it's been really good directional thing in the music. We've, we've recorded, um, an album that's that's been in the pipeline for many many years, Chronicles of uh, John Brute Volume Two. So we're just getting a few bits compiled, getting a few more bits added onto it before it's released. So a couple of months that'll be done. You know, we've got a couple of gigs coming up. So I'm working solely on the on the folk stuff because on the 17th of July we're playing the Toll Puddle Martyr Festival, which is online at the moment due to COVID restrictions. So I'm looking forward to that. Naturally, can you get tickets for that? Um, I need to double check because they only recently announced it two weeks ago. So if I can get a link, I'll send it straight over. I think it's I think it might be free. I'm not sure. I don't well I don't know because I don't know anything about the gig so um I'm not sure but I'll tell you what if as soon as we find out whether you can get tickets or if this gig is for free and we get the links and all that we'll have the link to that show on our website 
obviously the website will be linked down below obviously with all the other relevant uh tags and everything else that you need and it will all be there for you if you want to check it out which i will definitely highly recommend that you do because one keith is a great drummer it's the only time he actually shuts up <laughs> not really because i do backing vocals so i don't really oh, for god's up. sake <laughs> oh wow okay <clears throat> so how did you actually get into like working with barbalux i mean how did that come about oh my god i'm gonna sound like a right prick now yes. so prior to knowing barba for solo stuff he was in a band called king prawn underground ska punk band uh very successful sort of thing and i messaged bob must be that three, four years ago at the Blue, wanted to work with him. And he was in Australia at that time, so I was a bit heartbroken by like, an influences in my life I wanted to work with. Can't. Then he came back and actually messaged me. He had a gig. I was like, oh, brilliant. You know, invited me down, you know, had a beer with him, had a, had a whiskey with him, uh, got talking, and I think it might have been 2017, 2018. He headlined a gig at the bird's nest in Deptford and he asked if I wanted a drum. I was like, oh fucking hell. You know, I was like, yeah, 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 you know. So it was like a dream come true. Yeah, not just that. I, I was kind of I thought I was out of my depth. I thought this guy's a legend, you know, I mean, not because who he is, musically talented. You know, if you want to work with a musician, work with someone who's very open minded and versatile and does what they want to do because it's what they want to do and how they you know it's about them enjoying the music. It's not about you know, pleasing people. It's about producing music they love. It's like a labour of love, you know what I mean? Mm. And um, yeah, ever, ever since that gig, we've been chatting, you know, working, working ever since. And it, it's been absolutely, you know, amazing. I see him, you know, friend, family, you know, he's like an uncle sort of thing. I've learned a hell of a lot from him and yeah, you know, I'm in it for the long haul and it's it's absolutely fucking amazing because I've changed so much as an individual and a drummer because I've learned to be more humble, you know, in life. And yeah, it's 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 nice. It's put me to a test because like I said, it's something that I've never done before, you know, musical wise, I've always done metal punk sort of thing. So for me to do this type of music it's like, mm, can I do it? You know, this, this this man is very good at what he does. Am I going to be capable of paying up to his standards and anticipating what he does? And, you know, I've been able to do that and yeah, it, it's been good. So to put it one way, uh, he's been very instrumental, if you pardon the pun. <laughs> he's been very, <laughs> he's been very instrumental in forming the the musician that you are then in helping you grow into what you are it's like being clay or mold it's like you know being molded into the person i've become because i've now opened my mind a little bit more into the you know what i listen to and how i see music and how i you know how i play the drums now because like i say i'm not playing on a drum kit i'm playing on a cajon now it's a different setup yeah. it's a different if it's a different you know it's a different ball grain and even I'm playing, you know, playing with an artist who's up there, 
you know, it, it's it's a privilege, it's an honour to be able to, you know, fill in for the next man and basically do my bit and shine. So, yeah, it's, it, it, it's good. And I look forward to, you know, what's in store because new stuff's been written as we speak. So I'm looking forward to practising, getting that stuff recorded. So, it, yeah, watch this space. It's, it's, it's a good journey. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Well, that was definitely interesting there, but it's now time for us to move on to the proper nitty-gritty horrible part. Wasn't me. When we get down to the nitty-gritty to really find out what we can. Are you ready for this? Well, you can see the ironing board in the background, so that's a good thing. It's never been used. It's been used as a table. It's not not what I meant, but... (laughs) Go on, go on, go on. Right. Time for the nitty-gritty. Now, your first tough question. Okay. What is the weight of a ping-pong ball? You know, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say the two-times table because that would have screwed me up a little bit more. Can I do this? <laughs> a weight of a ping-pong. Have I got a ping-pong ball in here? No, I have. One gram. One gram? Yeah. You're going, you're going for one gram? Well, I'm just Googling it right now. And apparently is 2.7 grams. Yeah, that was close. That was good for a good guess. So, what kids mo- movie has scared you the most? Kids movie? Nickelodeon, Are You Afraid of the Dark? I remember that. Yeah. Actually, uh, I got my daughter to watch it because I was like, this is amazing. I remember this as a kid. So I was like, hmm, it's on YouTube. <laughs> there, was this, there, was this one, there was this one episode about this... Uh, Clown called Zebo. That's the most because kids went to the like theme park. It's like oh, ghost house, blah blah blah, sort of thing. Oh, there's this clown that died in there called Zebo, blah blah blah, you know. And then everyone was scared to go in there. Typical kids. Oh, you're too scared. Go in there, blah blah blah. Oh, but how have I know you've gone in there? Get the guy's nose. So got the guy's nose. And so yeah, that I, kind I of don't really... think we really need the rundown of like scene for scene for the film. But thank you very much. It's a great episode. Watch it. Are okay. you afraid of the dark Zebo? Okay. Okay. Zebo, right. Zebo. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you are up on stage and you're doing the live drubbing for Blacklisted and you're <clears throat> any other artist that you're opening up for, what is what is the feeling that you get when you're there and you're like? I've done that already. Uh, so I remember when I was opening up for Mad Child, only because uh, issue with the sound. So I, I couldn't hear it in the monitor properly. So I came in too early. I was like, in front of people. I was like, it's not good. But lucky enough, like, I remember Black Listen look, looking at the sound and it was like, who's doing that? And I was like, are we ending the show? But no, uh, he just went, look, can you turn the monitor up? I was like, yeah, it was fine. Uh, you know, thoughts always in the head. I'm, my thing when I go on stage, I'm always like, can't remember the song. Can't remember the song. Can't remember that goes. Can't remember that goes. But uh, yeah, once I'm on stage, it's it's a different thing. It, it, it's different. I don't worry because uh, you know, live, unless it's major, no one's gonna know. No one's gonna know, sort of thing. Don't beat yourself up about it. There's no, there's no point. You know, what I mean, I've made big mistakes, small mistakes. It's, it's, it's Is there it. anything that you do that tricks the audience into thinking that you haven't messed up? Well, the fact that I wear a mask on stage with Blacklisted MC and no one can see my face, 
no one ever knows, so it's not too bad. Or I do this stupid face where I'm playing, I just go. I do these stupid faces where I'm just like, mm-hmm. no. But yeah, with Blackness MC, it's, it, I wear a mask, that's so fine. No one can ever see it. Well, there you go, everybody. Next time you're at a live show and you see Keith up there on drums, as soon as he does that face, you know he's messed up. <laughs> well, so... I'll be like... <laughs> so can you tell me what your biggest fear is? My biggest fear? Mm. You know, I haven't got it. I haven't got a biggest fear. However, I've got vertigo. So what's the most trouble you've ever been in then? Nothing like proper, super, super duper illegal or criminal. You know, okay. keep it, keep it, but try and keep it friendly. Okay. Uh, you know what? I see this as really bad. I was a kid. So back at Germany in primary school, uh, on the playground, in, onto the grass, because like, yeah, it's sunny, we're allowed onto the playing field. And my mate Andre drops his hat. And as he's dropped his hat, I've picked it up. And I <clears throat> threw it in a bin, blah, blah. I remember the teacher like, oh, yeah, this guy's hat's gone missing, da, 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 sort of thing. And a few of us got called up. And I was like, wasn't me. I knew nothing about it, sort of thing. But yeah, that was like, I, 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 you know what? I'm 37 now, and I think that must have happened. When did I, I must have been like eight or nine when I did that, and I still feel bad for it. That's going to be the worst thing I've ever done. Listen on the street doesn't bother me. If I've got to go, I've got to go, you know what I mean? But I think the fact that I did that, and I was like, no. And this, this guy was my best friend as well back in Germany. And the fact clearly, that clearly not, clearly not. If you did that, <laughs> if you're watching Andre, I'm sorry for like throwing your hat in a bin and it getting like you know. He's saying he's sorry. He's he's actually not. You, you, I mean, you can see his smile right there. He's not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you've been doing music for quite a while. But coming up, eighteen years now. Yeah, yeah, about that, about that. Yeah. Is there, if there was something about the music industry that you had the power to change and you could change it, what would it be? That's a good question. Uh, it's, it, it's quite hard. I'll say, you know, it's more to do with bands getting paid. You know, we, we, we see the whole thing about... Or like the pay-to-play sort of thing. Yeah, you know what, that... I that, hate that. That's that's always a void. If if you you know if a venue turns around and say, oh yeah, you know you've got away because you're not going to make any money back, and they're just they're just using you. For me personally, it's like making sure the bands get paid a decent wage because at the end of the day, it is true what you see on the internet. They do spend a lot of money on their equipment. They do spend a lot of time and effort rehearsing, dragging equipment to studios. You know, and if you're going, for example, from London to Manchester and you're getting paid thirty quid just to get your name out there it's a bit however you've got to, you've got to balance things out if you're working and you're comfortable with your money you know then it, it shouldn't mean yeah i mean it shouldn't mean a thing but yeah i think you know bands deserve you know some sort of acknowledgement financially when it comes to you know providing a show sort of thing especially if you're traveling long distance just to get paid 30 quid yeah. See, I did hear somewhere. Uh, I can't. I can't remember where. Maybe someone could 
let me know let me know in the comments or something but i did hear that there are a few venues i can't remember whereabouts that i will pay paying <clears throat> bands and all that like the living wage just for performing for the night i'm not I, I definitely read it up somewhere i just i can't remember where it came up on one of my news feeds one morning and i was like oh that's cool i can't wait to tell keith that and i completely forgot to tell you <laughs> burn the place down yeah but i can't remember where it was maybe if someone does remember they can let me know um but i am pretty sure that was something that was brought up on one of my news feeds it was like oh, really? because of everything that's happened through lockdown you know and the the performing arts sector has suffered immensely and no one has really done anything to try and help but now there's a lot of venues and uh, promoters and all of that that are now trying to say that they will start offering a living the living wage for performing and performers to try and help get the scene back up and up and going i could be completely and utterly misquoting what i read but again, if someone can let me know, that would be absolutely fantastic. But I'm pretty sure I definitely did see that somewhere. So then, so moving on, moving on, how do you feel that the internet has affected the music industry, the music business? I'm going to sound like an old man now. Um, yep. Coming from the MySpace days. No, uh, it's got it's, you know I think online social media presence it's got it's got its good points and bad points, especially if you're looking at you know during COVID and lockdown, you know bands have been going online promoting their music. That's that's all good because social media is really powerful. It's very very powerful to get your name out there, sort of thing. However, you know I've seen a lot of pages, especially you know being a, being a talent scout, spam, spam, spam. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it, I find it quite demoralised. Yeah, I mean demoralising. It's yeah, it's it's good and bad. Like I say, people have got lazy. They don't want to play gigs. They just want to record something at home, put it out there, and they expect like my stuff. Have you heard this? Have you heard that sort of thing? And I was telling musicians, you know, if you're going to put stuff out online, play gigs, do this, do that, do an online stream, you know. I think, yeah, it, it's it, like I say, good points and bad points, basically. Yeah. You know, if, 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 for example, you know, if I weren't a drummer and I was a singer songwriter, I think, you know, for me, I see it as an advantage because I can go online, live stream, and do a live performance, mm. providing I've got the right home setup sort of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's got its advantages like that. But, like I say, you can play at home or you can go out and play. So it's you know it's mix and match. It's what suits the individual. Well, in my my opinion, I think the internet has been you know really good, like for it. It's like with stuff with how you said you know getting your name out there, putting your music out there. But in a way, it's also been kind of bad because the market has been just so saturated with yeah yeah with everybody now going oh I made something here. Um, but that's just—it's it, kind of funny because, like I say, being a talent scout, um, it's a double-edged sword, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had people message me, and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I know what I'm looking for my music sort of thing. 
And when I ask them, have you played any shows? No. Why not? I just write music indoors and post it online. I'm like, well, you know, if that's what you want to do, good. But I'm after musicians that want to do both. Well, that's the main thing, isn't it? I mean, you need the stage presence to build up an audience. It's all well and good putting music out there like that you've just created on your computer or your laptop. But Mm -hmm. unless you've had any stage time to actually go out there and perform your what you've written what you've done and created live it, it can be a fake market as well you put a song out on facebook find someone on fiverr give them like 20 30 quid and then oh look at all these views i've got feed the ego feed the e- yeah if you want to actually know what people think of your music go play live and then do open mic nights or something like that and actually talk to people after you've done your show just to actually get some like genuine feedback and build that rapport for an audience and grow a fan base that way. That's how, that's how loads of musicians and artists do it. So what's stopping you? I mean, obviously lockdown that's stopping, but (laughs) you know, (coughs) see social media is good for advertisement in the sense of, You know, if we're not on lockdown, post online, get your name out there, get your following, get your fan base and gig as well. Content is very, very key. So if you've got an up and coming gig, post, share, you know what I mean? Get people listening, share it to the people in your area, get them coming to your gig because it's got to work both ways. So if you're a live performer and you're also working online, then basically target the people that are going to come to your gigs. Mm. There's, there's no point having 70,000 people that have liked your music video. How many are going to come to your gig? How many are in, yeah, I mean, how many people in your area? Sort of thing. You know, target the people you want to target, target the people that want to come to your shows. There's no point having all these views when, you know, you, you, you perform and then two people rock up. Great. Yeah. So, Keith, I have to ask, you know, this this question has been gnawing at me for a while now, so I, I really have to ask it. It's, what is your most useless talent? I can scratch my head with my foot. There you go. <laughs> you can what, sorry? So I can scratch my hair. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Well, it saves me using my hand when I can use my feet. I can actually fold into a box as well. I can't do it because by the time I put the phone, I don't know, could I show you? No, no, okay, no, 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 it's fine, honestly. I I believe you. (laughs) Wow. Well, okay, I've only got two more questions for you. Jesus, thank God. (laughs) Would you like to come back on here again in the near future? No. No, nah, I'm joking. Yeah, of course I would. Well, I reckon, you I can reckon, say no if you like, but you actually uh, don't have a choice. You're under contract. Yeah, no, no. It will be cool. It will be cool to come back. And I reckon that, you know, it, when, <coughs> when I come back, it should be a case of, there should be a comment section where, you know, a bit of a Q&A where people ask questions as well. So it's not just coming from, you know, madness. It's coming from, like, people we don't even know. Because it shouldn't just be about, people that enter on music and people of everyone, no matter how good it is, you know, they could be like, oh, you know, oh, Keith, what time do you take a dump? 
That's well, kind of if cool, you had let me do my finishing statement, that was actually something I was going to mention. Boom. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you sing in the shower? What What do you sing? I don't shower, I have a bath. Oh, God's sake, you're <laughs> one of those peasants. No, I have to bath because I'm the type of person where a bit of like Redox bubble bath. As my partner called me, I'm a pamper princess. So it's like you are I've, a princess. Yeah. I, I I have my bath salts, everything. Oh my god, I can believe that as well. <laughs> I can actually believe that as well. <laughs> well, that is all the time we have for tonight or today or whenever I upload this video. Um. In the meantime, everybody, if you've got any questions you would like to ask Keith for the next time he comes on, just put them down in the comment section below. Just remember, the more ridiculous, the more bizarre, the better. I really want to throw this guy off his game for a change. Won't happen. Uh, Be different. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> we are going. We are going to have a couple of links to some of the stuff that Keith has done in the comments as well. Well, that is all the time that we've got uh, got for today. Thank you very much, Keith. In the meantime, everybody, if you've got any questions you would like to ask Keith the next time we get him on the show, just put your comments down in the comment section below. And the more ridiculous and bizarre the question is, the better. And we will read them out next time Keith is on. But please make them bizarre because I really want to throw this guy off his game for a change. That would be that would make my day, to be honest. Uh, we will have some links to some of the stuff that Keith has done before down in the description. And I highly recommend that you check him out. Give this guy some juice. He does deserves it. The way he's spoken, he doesn't sound like he deserves it, but he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in the meantime, don't forget to like and subscribe because it helps the channel and it helps these podcasts keep coming out. Now, if you join me next week, I will have Mr. Will Gates from Trash Boy Entertainment.